Does everyone else have that post-Thanksgiving food hangover right now? I am dragging these past two days, guys. But the show must go on. So to get myself hyped for this episode, I did what every normal person does. I cleaned and rearranged all of the furniture in my bedroom, my workspace, put on a face mask, and invited my best friend of 20 years over for a little tea party, you might say. But before I get to that, I want to do a little reflecting. There were many times in my marriage and relationship that I knew I wasn't making the right choice. And let me be more clear. When I say the right choice, I mean the right choice for myself. The beaten down, empty version of myself that I share with you all throughout these episodes truly thought that she was laying herself down for her marriage. I repeated, marriage isn't easy. It will be tough, but it will pay off if you just continue to try. In my head, so many fucking times a day, it became part of my morning and evening prayers. The manipulation I ensued from the dick that I married was so insanely intense that the only thing I feel adequately describes how I felt is Stockholm Syndrome, where one falls in love with their captor. Stockholm Syndrome is also more commonly known as a trauma bond. Did y'all know that? Similar, but not to be confused with codependency. And believe it or not, the two can exist at the same time in a relationship. Let me spell this out for you. A codependent individual believes that their abuser needs them to care for them while placing the abuser's needs above their own. This is an unintentional power transfer that is extremely fucking unhealthy. Trust me, I'm not an expert, but I lived it. A trauma-bonded individual is addicted to the relationship. They see the abuser's action as love, true love, but it's not. When someone is trauma-bonded, it is impossible to understand why you keep going back to or letting your abuser back in your life. Trauma-bonded individuals experience what is known as cognitive dissonance, where there is an extreme disconnect between what is actually happening in the relationship versus what is actually going on in real life, which is extremely harmful abuse. Additionally, on a chemical level, when a person is traumatized by an abusive partner, the brain releases chemicals which stimulate both trauma bonding and mental health issues, depression, anxiety, you name it. Among the many chemicals automatically released in the brain because of relationship trauma is a very important one. Meet oxytocin. Oxytocin is extremely responsive in social situations. In high perpetual levels, it can cause emotional dysregulation, anxiety, and addiction. This chemical response is why victims become not only emotionally, but physically addicted to the abusive relationship. Interesting, isn't it? Dick was searching for his next big win. And here I was, 
searching for my next high from a trauma oxytocin release. It's so profound to me that we can become addicted to something or someone without even the slightest inclination that we've become an addict. Codependency isn't love. Trauma bonds aren't love. Love should never be a fucking addiction. But I digress. In episode seven, you will meet Marissa, my lifelong bestie above the resties. And let me tell you now, she has some strong feelings about all of this. She misses no opportunity to tell you exactly how she feels about Dick, myself, and the situation as a whole. Listen closely, because when you get us in a room together, we yak, and we yak fast. So come join Marissa and I as we take you on the first leg of our cross-country road trip, ending in yet another attempted abandonment, followed by an uncomfortable out-of-body experience, and a profound moment that I should have never let happen. I'm Amanda Arnier, and this is The Dichotomy Diaries. Is this weird for you? So fucking weird. (laughs) So, I have a special guest here today to interview me. And we've known each other for how long is it? Since sixth grade. Do you want to tell that story? I thought you were going to ask me to do the math, and I was going to be like, that's a hard fucking note. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I was like the most popular kid in school, and <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. You knocked on the door in gym class, and I opened the door for you, and the rest is history. That's true. She was chivalrous. <laughs> <laughs> no, we have been best friends. I think it's like 20 years, about, I don't know, we'll just say 20 years, give or take. Yeah. We are part of a group that we call the Sexy Cinco. There's mm-hmm. five of us. And we've all, you know, been really good friends for that same amount of time, really. Um, but we all went our separate ways a little bit. But we're back together now. Mm-hmm. So let me introduce you to Marissa. Hello. This is actually the friend that... I talk about in the EDC episode. One of the many best friends. Yeah, one of, one of the many best friends. <laughs> the one that does not call you mommy. <laughs> yeah, she's like, what the fuck? People call you mommy? I was like, like I'd rather punch you in the fucking face than ever it, call you mommy. It really was more of an Arizona thing, I think. It was like me reinventing myself there. And I'm like, hey, so it's going to be Arnier and not Arnier. And also... Call me mommy. <laughs> I'm your mommy, you fucking bitch. Um, so... I do want to talk about that before we get into, like, the recap and start this episode. But, like, talk about when Dick reached out to you, like, to kind of reconnect us. I guess I should have looked back in my text, um, but I don't exactly know what it said. But it basically was just like, hey, reaching out on Amanda's behalf and... um, Wanted to invite you to EDC, like she's missed you, blah, blah, blah. We have an extra ticket. So I accepted the invitation. Um, we went, we had a good time. And um, yeah, I mean, I took a lot of cute photos of you guys. He was super nice. Um, and then... What was like, 
what was your perception of of us I guess like for seeing me for the first time and knowing me my whole life and then seeing me with somebody that I like you hadn't seen me with uh, with a significant other like well not trying to be a creep but I know we weren't speaking for a year but I still like saw photos and stuff like that you looked happy yeah um and I just I know you so I was like oh you know she seems very like in love I guess and then when I met him he was obviously super nice I don't think that I think it would have been very fucking weird if he tried to be anything other than nice considering he was the one who reached out to me first on your behalf like I said um but I don't know I mean we met kind of like I guess essentially in a party environment so that was like I think everybody was in a great mood Um, I think it's really hard sometimes for like listeners and and even me honestly like to understand how he could be so cruel in like all the other yeah, episodes well, people but like then... that it's that's what they're good at they're being sneaky and yeah you know when you you're the type of person i will say that does and i've told you this and i'm going to just be pretty raw but you're the type of person that overshares and kind of sometimes it can seem like you're boasting about your relationship kind of thing so you never know how to take it but he did live up to that in the eyes of other people when he was around them, meeting them, always trying yeah. to act like he was on his A-game kind of thing. And I, to I don't know about other people, but to me that kind of seems a little suspicious. And because I know you, mm-hmm. like, there were when I first met him, I, 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 you guys seemed happy, like super happy. Yeah. You know, it wasn't anything, like, to be concerned about until he offered to drive me home from EDC, which was, what, like an freaking hour drive I don't know and oh it was from oh yeah that's right okay it was, well, it was, it was like was a from, five o'clock in the morning Matt, but Matt's house or whatever. okay yeah um yeah because I had one to bed you guys all stayed up and he offered to drive me home and that conversation was just him ripping on all of your friends Basic, like like what with no names oh he didn't mention names he basically just concluded everybody in it as a, as a whole that yeah I tell Amanda and just with the smirk on his face he's like yeah, I tell Amanda, like, her friends are just pieces of shit, and, you know, we're older, so we, you know, we have to hang out. We just got to elevate ourselves and hang out with, like, better people. Like, sorry, but that's just not really what I'm about, going to bars every weekend and, like, doing the whole party scene. Like, me and my friends, we go on yachts, and I'm like, now looking back, those yachts are fucking a bunch of gay dudes that you were paid to be on that yacht with. Like, get the fuck out of here. And then he actually mentioned is actually hilarious like thank you for the ride I want to make it home but if I didn't have a destination I would have probably karate chopped him in the throat because he literally called himself the mayor of Las Vegas he's like it's really hard for me like to not go places and like see someone I know and I'm just sitting here like I don't fucking care like just get me home we're in a Prius and it's it's so (laughs) dude we're in a fucking Prius it's also so funny because not once in our entire relationship, and, like, you know this, too, because how many opportunities did we have for people to, like, help us out or, like, if you had connections, like, that he could have got them if he was the mayor? Oh, yeah, he's he's so well-connected, you know? Um, no, you're fucking not, and <laughs> you're just way in over your head, my guy. I don't know. He just, he seemed so pompous in that moment. He really ruined anything that he was doing well for himself to get me to like him was, which I didn't care, like, you're obviously one of my closest friends basically family so for me he didn't really have to try just be your fucking self and make my friend happy it's yeah. as simple as that but he overdid it and I think he was using it like taking advantage of the fact that I hadn't been around in the last year so 
when I had brought up to you, like, the issues that I had that made us um, kind of part ways for that year. Mm -hmm. He was taking advantage of that moment to kind of, I don't know, relate to me or resonate with me on some different type of twisted level, if that makes sense. I also think, too, that he was data data collecting because, like... No, he wasn't. He wouldn't, didn't let me fucking speak. All he wanted to do was boast about himself. And I'm just like, where are these yachts? Because I've been creeping on her fucking pictures. I haven't seen her on a yacht. The yeah. fuck is this yacht? You're talking these, about the dinghy on the Fox River? These you fucking dumbass? vacations that, that you're going to take me on that never, you go on alone. Yeah. I think that that's really important information to know. I'm because getting so heated, like, remembering <laughs> these things. God. I had to be respectful, but I was just like, God, you sound like such a fucking douche. I just think that like the especially EDC because raving for us was one of those moments that I always looked forward to like so when we would go to raves and stuff everything was always so good and I I really truthfully would like live for those moments because we always had them like planned and you know well, yeah, whatever. But let me let me stop you there because we've obviously all been to festivals we've all we've done you know like gone to concerts and shit like that but like anyone's gonna be happy on the happy drug. Yeah. And maybe that was the moment where all that shit faded away for you in that moment. So yeah, of course, that's what you're looking forward to. But I want to let these listeners know that you're not some like druggie or anything like that. But like those were the moments where all that other stuff probably faded away for you guys and you could just truly be in the moment. But I think I was like subscribed to this idea that like when we were on ecstasy or Molly, he was on shrooms, that that was like the most pure version of I felt that way with a fucking teddy bear one time. Like literally, (laughs) dude, it didn't didn't give me any ill will. Like it was just nice to me. It looked me in my eyes. (laughs) Like, (laughs) Like, you know what I mean? It's just like, it's not real. It is in a sense, but I think what it was, was he didn't have his phone out. Yeah, he was and paying also attention to you he and would, singing he and you would guys talk, had something right? to relate and, on. Yeah, like he'd talk about like his feelings and emotions and stuff like that, which I did not get on a normal daily basis. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, but good insight. So I we should just start talking about what we're going to talk about today. But first, so where we left off in episode six, he was about to leave again. I had been packing up the whole entire fucking house. He's sitting there camming, loses 40 grand on the couch. I don't know. Bet online, but some... So weak. Fucking slots, probably. It was probably slots, which is crazy to do slots at home. Which, by the way, anybody who wins money like that, if they're a responsible adult, they would actually take out most of that, be responsible, and have some type of fucking discipline, invest the rest, and play with this a little bit. You don't just gamble the whole fucking thing. You're so yeah, stupid. It's wild because when he didn't Beta take energy. When he didn't take that money out the 40 grand or whatever he had from when he was in Hawaii, he had told me that there was like withdrawal limits. He was like, "Well, I can't." And I'm like, "Okay, so now you have to have self-control to not gamble it, right?" And he was like, oh, but I can in like three days. Like he, so he would like made up these fake rules that like either the website or like whatever he was withdrawing to cash up, whatever it was, that he couldn't withdraw over 10 grand or over a grand a, a day. Of time yeah, something? like it was, and I don't know if necessarily that's true, but I know for sure he could have withdrew all of it at once and that would have worked when I told him. But instead of doing that, he left it in there and that's. He might have had to like take some extra steps to do it, but it's possible probably. Yeah, it's just it's who he is as a person to to lie, but also to like want to, oh well, if I ran this up, like I don't know how much he started with, but I ran this up to forty grand, like I'm he's fucking god, right? So 
he can obviously turn it into 400k right it's like no dude that has never ever worked so he okay he lost the money he his demeanor all changed I was getting pissed because he wasn't helping me and then I like noticed that something was wrong and I asked him and I asked him to see the phone I find out that he lost all the money and he basically like takes the Mac under his arm like he's gonna go and leave fucking pull it down throw it on floor and basically um, so you went to go throw it right? I went to go throw yeah. it oh yeah and I like ripped the cord was he was walking and like hurt my finger and I was basically just like looking at him and in this moment I was just so fucking done from like having two weeks of 100 degree 120 degree weather selling my shit all these strangers coming in my house well let me let me stop because I want the listeners to understand who you are you're the type of person at least with your friends and stuff you've always been pretty vocal like and I feel like with him you've had to be pretty passive aggressive and kind of bite your tongue and just take like deep breaths like how many fucking deep breaths have you taken in your entire relationship with him like, <laughs> I will say not passive up. aggressive but passive very passive yeah yeah but, like no passive aggressive because he can tell that something's wrong but he just chose to ignore any yeah. and all signs and give a shit about your feelings at all to address them he knew what he was doing but he was like mm, she's not saying anything so I can get away with it yeah and I also I think that you know you say like an overshare right I see my oversharing to him what I see it as now was me trying to get him to understand me better and so when we had first met and I had told him about like my past relationships and stuff I did tell him that truthfully I was like a yeller and a screamer mm-hmm. like that and that you know it was very very toxic environment throwing so that was hitting like the one promise you made to yourself and yeah like, no one's gonna make me break this promise to myself like you don't have, for sure you may not get it but I understand like this is something that i I made myself this promise that I'm not going to yeah, like my, my and mom I, or whatever. Totally. And like I didn't like for the longest time, I didn't react. And I didn't react in an unhealthy way, right? Because I would just like not there would be talk about it. You, when, when did you say I'll fucking – who the hell do you think you're talking to? You're like, Marissa, no, I don't. I didn't like even – I honestly didn't even swear at him. Yeah, like a lot. A lot. Like, no. Which I, I kind of admire, but also I was like, God, let me do it. <laughs> I have nothing to lose. I hate this guy. Yeah, I it's um it was a really weird time because I did feel like I was like just sitting on my hands the whole time just watching everything bad happen to me, but also trying to like be strategic about the next steps because I I was always looking towards the future and he just lives in the right now. Yeah, and, and that's gotta suck too because I feel like you're constantly in like sur- I don't mean to keep cutting you off. No, but, I'm like, fine. You're constantly in survival mode. You can never just relax. You're completely hyper vigilant at all times. You're picking and choosing your battles because. One wrong thing, he's just going to be a little bitch like per usual and get up and run away or whatever. And you have to sit there and like think like, okay, once I sell all my stuff and we get in, we go back to Vegas, which by the way, I have been trying to get you to move to Vegas since I did. And you were always like, fuck that place, no way. Like, no, I'm always going to stay in Arizona. I love it, which it did become a part of you. Like that was part of your identity and you loved it. Yeah. So when I heard you were moving to Vegas, I was like, something's fucking up because... What the hell? There was no chance in hell she would ever move here. But, like, you're constantly looking for that, what's the word, like, um, final stop or what am I, what am I trying to say that, um. I feel like it's, like, like the saving grace. Like, I, because I didn't, I, he was just never happy anywhere. And, like, I've mentioned so many times, it was, like, I was always aiming for the goalpost. But, like, he had it and he kept moving it. And so there was never, ever a time when I would be able to reach it. so close. We're so far away. Yeah. And and 
that yeah that just you can never neither of you could just ever truly live in the moment which brings me back to the edc thing that was the only time really besides the gambling you know where no phones at the table that you can actually just connect and be there in the moment with each other yeah so i guess that i had i had had enough <laughs> uh till now um and i just like let i let him have it and i i was like listen what did you say I said something along the lines of like, listen, this is, this cannot happen again. You're, you're going to leave me right now after all this, you came back and now you're going to leave. I said, if you leave, if you abandon me again, I 100% will let everybody know what kind of person you are and the things that you do. And I don't know how I'm going to do this, but maybe I'll make a podcast and, and had you been thinking about that or was that something that just popped in your mind at the moment and you're like, fuck, that was good? Well, I was actually thinking about it in terms of me and him doing it together. Like, I feel like there was a little part of you that was like kind of making a backup plan. Like, I don't fully trust him and I got to I gotta yeah. do something if he does this again because you can't trust him. He, he's, I mean, I watched him say his vows yeah. You know, and say, that's another thing we should talk about. His vows are fucking hilarious. Can I say that at the wedding? Just jump in really quick? Yeah, you talk whatever you want. God, you fucking pissed me off. So, <laughs> EDC, the second time I saw you guys, got invited to the wedding, drove five and a half hours to Sedona, went there. Obviously, you guys already listened to it. Um, you know what happened at the wedding. You were having a great time. I thought you handled it extremely well with such grace and, you know, especially with his family not being Mormon and not agreeing with drinking or anything like that. So um, that was very respectful of you guys. Um, but I texted you in the morning. And I was like, hey, what are you doing? Like, I'm a little hungover. I want to go get some food. I don't want to go alone, but Sedona's beautiful. I don't want to just drive back to Vegas right now. Like, let's go do that. And you said, yeah, we're just finishing up packing the house, the Airbnb. Excuse me, the Airbnb. Come over here. I get there starving and hungover, okay? I'm sure everyone's felt that way. <laughs> Three hours fucking later, I'm packing in the goddamn Sedona heat, carrying shit down. I mean, if you if you guys saw this Airbnb, it was gorgeous, but it was like I was out of a cliff. So, like, it's not like the shortest walk to the cars. Packing up the car, and I just got just a straight shot to the bedroom, watching this fucking pussy lay on the bed and just not give a shit that people, including someone he's only met once before, and he never even had anything in his goddamn throat. What are you doing? Like I know. You said, and put and how is stupid fucking muscles to work and help? How asshole. is I during that time? I'm pretty sure that I was like, oh, you were making, making everyone smoothies and making excuses for him. Yeah, well, yeah. I didn't want to say anything because your other friend that had helped plan the wedding was there, and just everyone was getting everything done. But I didn't want to be like the bearer of bad news. But holy shit, I wanted to be like, fuck this guy. Well, my dad was there helping and my aunt and I, my Everyone my ex was, was there. And I was more mad because I was starving and he was feeding into my drive home. I was going to hit traffic. I'm like, can yeah. you please go get some freaking eggs? I'm starving. And he just laid there. And then he didn't help until the very last box that I was Tetrising in your freaking Jeep. Yeah. Like then he came out and I'm like, oh, hi. Nice to see you again. Yeah. Congratulations like, on your like, marriage. You fucking he's dick. Still his hospital van on. He's like, oh my God, are you okay? <laughs> <laughs> so I wanted to ask like, while I was there, could you tell anybody's... I mean, I didn't even read anybody else's emotions. Everybody just seemed like they were, like, gung-ho, get everything done, like, let's get out as soon as possible, but could you... Did you feel any type of, like, anxiety that 
you knew maybe what people were thinking without saying it, that he was just in there being a lazy piece of shit. Or at least on my fucking face, because you read me like a book. <laughs> so, truthfully, and there I have apologized for my potty mouth. <laughs> no, don't head. apologize because this is yeah, part of this is part of like, <laughs> like what this is part of like what I really am like. Um, Everybody else so far has been super like PG, and I'm like, fuck that. <laughs> yeah, no, and me too though. Like I was PG for so like so fucking long, and just being able to freely say fuck. And, and talk and talk how I normally talk has been like you don't even know I'm like the happiest person that I could talk to everybody and I could be like hey, fuck that pussy and people look at me not weird I know I already said it but god the p word so sharp <laughs> um so there had been so many times when maybe we got invited to a friend's house that had just moved in and they asked for our help and we would go over as a couple and when we got there you know, I feel like they're inviting me and him to move furniture because of him, because of his muscles, right? They're not like, whatever, maybe they need a little bit of help from me, but he would never help. He would, he always, he would, and even like dinner, right? At family's house, he would always disappear when it was time to do the dishes or help at my dad's house. If we were doing something outside with the dogs and then there's something need to be done, well, yeah, because he has no brain, he has no integrity. He uses his body to make money. It's There's like where's where's Dick? Like behind it, like he at all. But also, like, does it feel bad? Which is key in those because moments. Nobody calls him out on it. I know. Everyone lets him get away scot free, and that's why I was like, God, fucking put me in, Coach. I want to rip this motherfucker apart. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Like, you know me. I hate moving. Literally, one of my Facebook freaking stories came up from like 2011, and I literally wrote like, God, I hate moving or anything that doesn't involve laying down. Like, yeah. I hate it. And you, hands down, are one of the smartest people I've ever met. One of the most driven people. And yeah, you'll complain and bitch about it, but, like, you'll get it done. You don't procrastinate. You're one of the hardest workers I know. And there's, just to kind of recap a little bit, there's some times where, like, your mom would, I would come over and she would make you, give you a task to do. Yeah. And you would, I'd be sitting there waiting, like, are we going to hang out? Are we going to go, like, <laughs> do some shit? And you're, like, rearranging the entire fucking house. And she tried to put me to work. And I'm like, Tina fuck right <laughs> i'm gonna do it because and that yeah i'm, I'm me, a good delegator like, that's for sure no, but you get shit done and i think he took advantage of that so like, yes yeah maybe people invited him because he has muscles and hoping he could you know help but you were the alpha in that relationship i don't want you to forget that <laughs> thank you that makes me feel good he called me mommy a few times we're not <laughs> getting into that i'm not drunk enough for that oh fuck <laughs> Um, so yeah, I guess in that moment I, I did, it was one of those other times where I just, I could tell that people were like, well, fuck, why, where is he? Where's Dick? And then it, it fell back on me. And then my reaction at that time was to make an excuse for him. And I always had excuses for him. And so that's just what I did. But, but like, to answer well, your question, I always, always knew how people felt about him. Always. Did he know that you knew? Did you talk about this behind closed doors? Did you ever address it with him like, hey, you're kind of making me look bad and you're making me look like a weak bitch? Not about specific situations, not pertaining to the wedding at all. I think that there was a lot of times where like here at my mom's house, holidays, he'd disappear and I'd be like, te I'd text him because text communication was way easier for us than verbal communication face to face. He yeah, was a very good communicator. Go silent, you know, like he would communicate well via text. And so I would be like, hey, can you come down here? Like, you need to help. and then, he using Grammarly? I, I don't I have no idea. No fucking idea. <laughs> but, like, that that's how that usually went for us. And um, 
yeah, I mean, I don't know. He was, he always just disappeared. He he never, and, and the fact that he didn't feel bad about it, I think is like the key takeaway is that he doesn't, it doesn't matter who he offends. He only thinks about himself and truly it's hard for me to comprehend how someone could do that to multiple different people and especially me. But the reality is, is like these kind of people, we can't understand them because we have normal brains. And I mean, semi semi normal, but because they don't probably even understand that there's something wrong with them. No, they, they think, think that every bad. yeah, like they think that everything they're doing. But is, at what is point good. did you start to realize, okay, this this motherfucker is kind of selfish and shows zero remorse? And is this? I know I married this person, but like, is this is this how the rest of my life is going to be? Because obviously it transpired and it only getting worse over time, you know. And you turn into like like you said in the last episode, I think. I turned into the biggest yes woman. Yeah. I think that I knew that he was pretty self-centered, like, from the very beginning. But he made it seem like his self-centered, egotistical, just pompous self was a positive character attribute. Like he was above everything. Like, there's, he's meant for more. Right. Well, I mean, he literally said that he was, like, sent from God. He said that to me, like, a Dude, bunch I of times. I the conversation. I, he was, we were sitting in your kitchen. It was in Las Vegas, and my boyfriend at the time had, like, texted me, and he looked at me in my face, and he goes, he's not your boyfriend. We've been dating for over a year at that point. And I said, excuse me? And he was like, he's not your boyfriend. I know that, you know, if I didn't answer somebody, like, I was I was cheating. And I'm just like, who the fuck does this guy think he is? He's never met him at that point. Yeah. And I'm just like, who do you think you are to tell me that my boyfriend's not my boyfriend? It was just so off the wall. I'm like, okay. Out of respect for Amanda, I will not slap you in the fucking face right now with a cold piece of ham. Because I think it might have been, what was it? You made food. Yeah, I don't remember. I don't know. There was a lot of times where you wanted, you like would text me and be like, can you believe that he just said that? And I would be Dude. like, oh, it's okay. Just, it's I fine. Myself, it's how, it's how he is. That's what I always would say to you. It's oh, how he, he is. Mean that. And I go, I don't give a fuck if he doesn't mean it. Like, you're going to learn today. Don't talk to me like that. Like, I have no patience which is hilarious in hindsight for what I put up with, but like yeah. for somebody that I'd owe nothing to, who do you think you are? And I can see that you're so in love because I'm telling you and listeners, you guys don't understand Amanda. She's always been this high spirited, like I don't want to say party girl because you really weren't. We, it took a lot to get you to go out sometimes. I mean, we like, fought, we we definitely raged, and we, I definitely enjoyed my fun, party time. But, but I was so I was social. So yeah. yeah, you were a socialite, and honestly, kind of like the um, God, I'm losing my train of thought. But like, what is the like? I don't want to say the staple, but like what we were talking about. Oh, like the pillar. The pillar, basically, like you always were the ones that had people over. Yeah, you were the one that like kind of brought other friends. I had the house that had the Christmas tree and and yeah. the holiday parties. And like you had. You know, you were the one that kind of brought other friends together. Like, we would always all text you, like, hey, what are we doing tonight? Blah, blah, blah. And then you would have to make the plans. And, yeah. You know, it, it, you just kind of brought everyone together. So, I don't know. It's just, I fucking hate him. <laughs> I really do. He sucked. He didn't know who you were. And just to see him kind of diminish who you were little by little, like, just kind of break you down and to see you be quiet. But before that, watching your vows... Like, we, me and you hadn't squashed what we went through, like, yeah, to the fullest. And not after not speaking for a year, we did EDC. That was the first time we had spoken. And then the wedding and watching your vows, I cried because I was like, holy shit, no offense, Amanda. But I was like, I didn't know this bitch could fall in love. I thought maybe she might be <laughs> a little bit of a sociopath or something because I never have seen you 
Like, the vows were beautiful. They were so genuine and heartfelt. And I was like, wow, she found her person. Yeah. And then come to find out he didn't even write his. He just spoke off the top of his head and, you know. Yeah, that was, that was crazy. He did put in a good act, though, for coming coming off the top of his head. Um, yeah, I remember being up there at that moment. And again, I hate I hate public speaking in front of like actual crowds. Podcasting is fine. But um, I was so nervous and I was so shaky. But that moment was the moment that I had looked forward to that made everything that I had gone through in the past year worth it worth it and here we were and so I was just trying to be like the most present and the most there and everything that I was saying like I really truly meant like to the fullest extent and so that's why that's why it was so emotional for me I really felt like I was having an out-of-body experience at that moment well yeah I mean people need to like have a little bit more um I guess empathy towards the fact that like yeah your wedding day is supposed to be the happiest day of your life but not to mention everything on top of what you've been doing and you did it all on your own and just yeah. it was like that final oh my god what is the word not resting spot but like you said that the goalpost the goalpost like that was super emotional for you and then a like just like a fucking narcissist would had to ruin it make it about him in some way that people would feel bad for him in victim mentality yeah but dude you handled that so well i'm so, like yeah you went later to the hospital but like you stayed and you just engaged with everybody you know it, it was a beautiful wedding it was you looked absolutely stunning um thank you i'm sorry for i really am sorry i feel really bad because i was there to witness it and it was just like how can he do this there's something that i just felt in my freaking bones that was just he didn't want to be there and that was his way of getting out of it however you left your fucking family there for your now wife mm-hmm. to entertain and explain to everyone on your behalf like I don't think he truly realized what a dumbass he was making himself look like. People were admiring you because they could see what was happening. Mm-hmm. They were admiring your strength. I don't want you to think people were thinking you were stupid in that moment. And maybe listeners now are sitting here thinking every episode, like, God, you still went what, on to marry this one father? Like, fuck, Amanda. Yeah. yeah but, well, I mean, I've even actually had a lot of his family reach out to me and, and you know, to, to protect the anonymity and Anonymity. Anonymity. Amanin- no. Anonymity. 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 What? Look at my mouth. Yeah. Anonymity. Anonymity. Yes. <laughs> Look at my mouth. <laughs> Look at my mouth. I literally just was like zoomed in on her mouth. Um, <laughs> to protect their their anonymity. No. Um, to keep their, their <laughs> shit private. <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah, I mean, to keep their shit private, really, a lot of them had reached out, and these were people that I had invited to the wedding, or these were people that I knew were family members, maybe distant, maybe not, but that I wanted to have a relationship with because he had told me that his relationship with his family wasn't so great. I thought that it was my job to uh, rekindle those bonds, but I never got messages back, and I felt really bad about that. Well, since all of this has transpired, most of them have reached out to me and have said things along the lines of they apologize first I'm so sorry this happened to you and then they apologize second time and say I'm so sorry that I didn't warn you and well, then because they probably thought like holy shit this is different this time like maybe he's changing we well, hope yeah, he's that's, changing that's and they what didn't they said that's what they said they were like truthfully all of us and they all have said all of us like there was communication about this amongst yeah, them a little piece of hope for him. yeah 
that he had finally turned over a new leaf. Like everything that had happened with all of the girls in the past wasn't going to happen this time because truthfully to them, it was a little bit different because he was very public about our relationship, whereas in the past he wasn't. And so, and then it went on to the next step. Wait, he's been engaged before. He was engaged a bunch of times. But it never got to the point where they were planning a wedding. Wasn't he... He was married before. I mean, you can stop me now if this hasn't been brought up, but wasn't he... Didn't you find out he proposed to someone before he like met you or he was still with somebody yeah and that's that's a super like that that's I don't know if you talk... talk about I haven't talked about that yet but that's somebody that is going to be interviewed her and her mom I mean dude seriously yeah. like I just want to ask like this and this is not sound, trying to sound like disrespectful in any way but like I feel like it came down to a certain point where you were constantly trying to prove that you were worthy of loving because you are pretty traditional mm-hmm. I mean you not in a sense of like the complete opposite of feminism or anything like that, but traditional gender roles, right? Yeah, and so that's a, that's I think he took thing. advantage of it almost like a little bitch boy, like a little baby that needed to be taken care of. He didn't actually want to be a husband. He just wanted a wife. And I think it was just like a a way for him to... Everything was a conquering moment. Oh, I conquered this. And then let's see what I can get her to do and what I can get away with how much I can get away with. And I just, what, I guess I want to ask is like, at what point were you like, he fucking gave up his child. Like that, people literally would die for their kids. So he gave up his child. So what makes him, what, what makes you think that he would go above and beyond for you? Um, The fact that I didn't know that it, I mean, I, we'll talk I, about this. Yeah. I don't want to talk about it too much because that's a huge thing for that episode. But um, that's not what I knew as the truth. You know, like the truth to me was that he was a sad dad that wanted to see his daughter would do anything to get his daughter back. And so the thought process of how could he do that, he, you know, you didn't know. I didn't, I didn't think of that because what he was showing me all the time was um, remorse and try and, you know, I don't know. He, it was just sadness, really. He would always talk about her. So doesn't that kind of make you sick though to think back on? Like he played it like, it is he sick. was so sad, and now you know the truth, and that he's was never sick, the case. He's literally, like, the sickest person that I know. Like, he's, like, a real And not, a like, real, sick, like, like an asshole, like, he's villain. ill. Yeah. He's, like, a villain. And the worst part, and so frustrating, is, like, there's literally no point in trying with people like that because they don't believe or would ever understand that they're sick. You try to tell them that, and they it's just backlash. Yeah, it's, um... It's rough because, again, that, that, I mean, her picture is right there, you know? Like, um, I... Oh, my God, she's fucking adorable. I know. Like, I, that's really hard for me to talk about because my future, and my future plan in my head was that I had my husband and that we had children and that we, of our own, and then we had a house and that his daughter would, was in the mix of that. And always, all, every single time I wrote in my journal, every single time I wrote anything anywhere about our future her name was always right after his how often did he I don't know you said he wasn't very good at sharing his emotions but maybe even on like the festival nights and you guys have deep conversations what would those deep conversations look like and would she come up a lot would he bring them up or would you um I think that she came up his daughter came up all the time if not every day, like definitely multiple times a week. And it was more so like not about, and looking back, this is ironic or funny. I don't know, but it's like, 
it was more so like talking shit about her mom not about like what he could do in the present to be more proactive proactive or set his life up to be like a better dad or potentially like get her back or anything like that so you know that now that I know did you ever kind of see because you're pretty freaking good at reading people when it comes to stuff like that and I think even well, with I your was family, not good at reading the- him that is that is and and truthfully now I will not say that I'm good at reading people because I and that's what sucks you after a situation like this you you start not trusting yourself and your own intuition. Oh, 100%. It's like, how, how could I, how could I trust myself? Well, if you, if you're, if I can't trust myself, I at least have to have tools to be able to navigate life. Which and unfortunately, I didn't, make, I makes didn't you stand offish. So, yeah. Know. But also like, I didn't have them at that time because I wasn't in therapy like I am now again. And I, I didn't have like the, um, I don't know, like the clear part of my mind to like reflect on the things that were happening or had, I really didn't have anything to compare to because I didn't have people around me that were also in healthy relationships because I fucking had nobody around me. Yeah. And you know, there was not a lot of people that would see and us. And I wasn't in a healthy relationship. So. Yeah. But I mean, like there also weren't people that would see us in like not party moments. Were there ever times where you were like embarrassed to bring him around or maybe hesitant because you just thought not just because you thought people were going to judge him, but you knew that he was just going to rip on those people and like make you feel like you didn't hang out with people good enough. Usually the only time I really felt like that was actually when we were home in Huntley because I always felt like he judged me because he, he's like, oh, you know, Las Vegas is, is the mecca of the fucking the universe. And like, I feel so blessed to be from Las Vegas. And I'm like, and from, no one knows you when you go in places. Right. Like, but then no I'm like, you. I'm from good old like fucking Huntley, Illinois. And I, and I feel like, I always felt like when I was here that he was judging me that this is where I was from. And I'm like, now that I'm, and Which I felt bad about that. Which is actually fucking fun. Like now, like even yeah. though you look at Instagram, like everybody's like, oh, that Midwest hometown feel. Like it's something that I tried to also, you know, move away from. And yeah. I'm glad I did. It kind of made me grow as a person and see other walks of life. But then I sometimes feel bad for people too. And I'm like, <laughs> you, you, you talk like this. <laughs> no, that's terrible accent but like you talk like a fucking valley girl you have no substance and you have no idea what it's like to i don't know run around and play ghost in the graveyard in the middle of a fucking field drink from a water hose i feel like that makes me sound like i'm from the 80s or something but i definitely did that the chicago oh yeah when you weren't allowed to come inside unless it was to use the bathroom like yeah go outside and when the lights came on you come inside but yeah i mean we didn't have phones it was a whole different thing but like i don't know how people grew up on the west coast but living in Vegas I've I just can't imagine that it would be the same kind of uh, upbringing as us but I also now you know, can't even have bonfires there I also Cause, know because the heat the heat is so bad like it's we a do we do actually fire hazard bonfires, yeah. but yeah what I'm saying is I guess that like I felt bad because I started to uh, belittle myself based off of how I felt that he he perceived me and um did he know, ever talk shit about me of course he did tell me no, we have to get into this episode. We'll, we'll talk about this okay. in another. We haven't even started on the episode. Oh, my God. This is what happens. 38 minutes in, you guys. Imagine being in the same room as us. <laughs> Some of you have been, and you're like, fuck, don't do Can't it. Can't get a fucking word in with me. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no. I mean, I, I loved 
I loved growing up here. I didn't love a lot of times that I did live here and it was bad for me, whether that was getting divorced before or whatever it was going on, but I wanted to get away and I'm very happy that I did because I think that I'm a more well-rounded person, um, but I forgot about the Amanda that was here before and I wasn't like proud of her as the Arizona version and so now like coming and talking to everybody live I'm like I feel so good to be like yeah I'm just Amanda like I'm not of Arizona Amanda I'm not Huntley Amanda it's just like, I'm just Amanda and if yeah. you want to get to know me like you get to know the fact that and I grew people- up in fucking podunk middle of nowhere and like that's fine but I also can I've been you know in the fucking Sistine Chapel or you know like I've, I'm, yeah, I'm well rounded I think a lot of people like kind of just um, like even before Dick, like I think the perception that you played was, or that people thought from like our small hometown was like, oh, Amanda's bougie, Amanda's stuck up. And that's, I think what they saw on social media, but you can't believe everything you see on social media because I know you. Yeah. And I mean, just, you also are very humble. I think this whole experience, honestly, the silver lining and all of it, it is, it has humbled you. It's made made you grow and learn about yourself as a person mm-hmm. and say, fuck it all. I'm not, I, I'm going to be who I am. And it's made you learn a lot about yourself. So I think just in hindsight, I mean, look what you're doing, you know, yeah. you're, you're going to save a lot of people from his bullshit. Yeah. I mean, I, I definitely, and you kept true to your word, something he never did. Yeah. That's the part <laughs> that I'm actually make a fucking podcast about you, bitch. <laughs> I definitely wanted to make sure that the I wasn't doing this to like prove him wrong, but that I was doing it to prove myself right because I found myself so often in our relationship um, planning things that never happened that it was like a forever, like this hamster wheel of like me being like, okay, I'm going to make plans because plans feel good. We should have structure. And then because of him not being able to, to hit those. And so it was like, two and a half full fucking years of just me never hitting a goal and that really like made perpetual just yeah letdowns. just and, and it was always letdowns and so then I was like you know what I am the only person that's in charge of this this podcast this story like this is my story that and I can, can tell it however the fuck I want to tell it I'm you know I'm I, it, with integrity right and, and and everything that I'm saying is is true and actually what happened um but at the same time I think that I was very scared to do it. So I guess let's wrap it up a little bit. I just wanted to kind of clarify some things because I know myself even and probably a lot of listeners that don't know you are sitting here every episode like, how the fuck did you still marry this asshole (laughs) after everything he did? But you guys really do not understand until you do what it's like to be part of a trauma bond. And when you are... 33 years old or 32 years old and you're thinking you're going to spend your life with someone and you actually mean it to your core and you love this person and you see their flaws and you want to help them through it. So you put all of your time and energy almost to a fault of putting yourself on the back burner. 100% to a fault. To a huge fault. But like you don't realize it while you're in it. You're like, if we can just get past this milestone, past this part and everything is just like a constant battle and you you just you want to fix them and you Amanda you are a fixer you've always yeah and I think that I from professionally uh, personally like in family situations definitely a fixer but I will say that I think a lot of what what validated me 
keep trying to fix him and look beyond all of the faults and all of the red flags and stuff is that I didn't have people in my corner telling me no that's not okay all I had was like social media can I stop you there because I want to just ask this on behalf of maybe anyone who might be listening they might be thinking no we fucking tried and you shut us down and I don't know if that's because again I wasn't there I didn't read any text or anything like that but do you think it was one of two things maybe they tried to reach out like you were talking about your Arizona friends who found those things online tried to reach out to you and then they just completely shut you out so my thing is it's like maybe they felt like of course you said be my friend mm-hmm. be be supportive and maybe they couldn't feel supportive of you so they thought I'm gonna remove myself well you felt again abandoned by your friends because they didn't they should have this is just cowardly of anyone who would do this because I don't know if you've reached out, but if you did reach out and say like, hey, why aren't you speaking to me? Fucking use your words. You're a goddamn adult. Like, what yeah. do you have to lose? It's a text message. You're not face-to-face. You're not backed into a fucking corner. Say, hey, I can't support you in this, so I'm going to remove myself. And then that's up to you to either respect that or get upset. But to not give you any type of, like, pretense or, hey, I'm going to remove myself just to completely never speak to you again is so fucking cowardly and such a piece of shit move and whoever's listening that's done this I don't have anybody's name off the top of my head but like dude come on seriously how the fuck would you feel if someone did that to you and now listening look what it's done yeah and I also like with that specific those specific uh individuals in Arizona um like it's really out of context or it, it doesn't it, it's not even equitable to what they found on the internet was what they found on the internet it was it was a fact that they found it wasn't actively going on and at that time at that time right and they made a judgment about him showed it to me asked asked what I thought this is either going to be your soulmate because they knew about my past with all of the same kind of stuff or you're going to be devastated why why would you say that to me if, and then not and then, respect and then what... when I say this is my soulmate, not believe me. And so truthfully, all of those individuals. I don't think I don't think that they didn't believe you. I think they thought, oh well, we don't like him, and we don't want to be a part of that. We don't want to be associated with somebody like that. But everything even. that they were, he was showing me and them at that point in real life was not anything that they should not support. My that's my point. My well, point regardless, is regardless. At the end of the day, it's your fucking relationship. Yeah. And if it at that point. None of all this shit has even happened. That's yet. what I'm so saying. It's like it, I would have like like truthfully like the the best friend that left me that helped me plan the wedding and all of that stuff. Like I get it. I get it. I get her shit. I you do. Get it if that because was the she reason, she experienced like, all of the craziness with me and oh, supported yeah, you me. You guys talked about everything, right? All the time. But the other ones. They didn't fucking. That was they at the weren't. Beginning. They weren't there. They were seeing him take me out to dinner. They were seeing him fucking post me on the internet. There was From only what? positive, positive things that they saw, and still in that moment, they chose to dip out, and and that's fine. Like, I I don't I don't truthfully because that's who they are and that's what they did. They show the true colors, so I don't care to have them in my life. Do you feel like it was a sad excuse to remove themselves from your life? Like they were waiting for something. Along the lines of like, oh, this is our opportunity. Like, did something else happen before Dick? Like, that 
in your guys' friendship? Because everything I saw, you guys were fucking no, gung-ho, we were, like, the we best friends. We were literally, friends. like, having sleepovers and, and together almost every single day. But then like, when you started hanging out with Dick all the time, it kind of got less and less. And maybe, I don't, don't want to say jealous, but, like, kind of, you know how, like, some people are like, oh, you're hanging out with him more than me. Yeah. Which is fucking child mentality. I don't know. I, like, can't, I can't even be in their mind, but also at the same time, I'm like, I don't want to be because whatever they thought, if because that they thought that what they did was okay... They weren't the people that I thought that they were. And, and let me and, be clear. I've met these people and I like them. Yeah. I just think it's like, say with your chest, like you got nothing to lose. And honestly, like, I feel like you, you aren't the person who just won't respond. You'll be like, you know what? That sucks. Can we talk about it? Or I respect your decision. They, they could have given you that. Yeah. I'm a communicator and, and it was weird to not be communicated to so many fucking times. Did but. you ask a bunch of times? Like, cause the, all these episodes, every, at least once in every fucking episode, you're like, I don't have people around me. I don't have whatever. But yeah, you, I mean, but that that really is the reality. And it wasn't for lack of trying. And I'm not going to lie. There was a certain point where I seriously thought you were the fucking common denominator. I was like, what yeah, is Amanda me, doing? Me that, too, like, dude. Me too. I was like, something's Imagine. going on that she's not telling me. And then when I actually asked other people who are friends with them, like, not even they know. I know. And that's the that's the crazy part. And that's the validating piece to me that I didn't... The whole time I was thinking that I was the problem or that I did something wrong for fucking years. And then I was like, no, dude, people, that that's their shit. That's their shit. Yeah. So. All right, let's um, get into like, okay, so you, you told him that you were going to make a podcast. So was I was going to tell him I was going to make a podcast. Um, yeah, so his, re- his response was fucking hilarious. So he was crying. And how could you say that you would do that to me? I trusted you with all of the things that I told you. And I'm like, you, you. You can trust me, but you have to prove now because you've disproved it so many times that you're like worthy of, of me still being there for you. Like I also, it's like, why are you fucking scared, bro? If you actually mean what you're saying, you're not going to leave me again. Why would that be like a, it's like, it's literally like, just fucking prove it. And, and so he's, you know, he's crying, he's having a moment. And when he's in those like, uh, kind of pathetic like victim moments he reverts back to like the person like he tries to get you to like fall in love with him again in in those moments so then it was like okay I'm that's gonna, that breadcrumbing yeah it's like I'm gonna turn off I'm gonna turn off the camming um I'm gonna put I'm gonna pack my computer which made me feel good because I'm like oh well now he's I'm I'm gonna have full him but he still had his phone right so then he starts like um helping me pack up the rest of the house and he actually was like okay I want to leave tomorrow morning and I was like looking at the house and I'm like hmm that we have to go still go get a storage unit in the morning because what what our plan was was that we were going to take all of the kitchen stuff uh excess clothes whatever we're going to put them into these bins we're going to put them in a storage unit right next door to our apartment and then once we found the place where we wanted to settle down we'd come back and get our stuff our bed um just all of the stuff we didn't need for this road trip had you even broken the lease yet like when was i had told them yeah and i actually the the leasing office I was able to provide them with like my um disability paperwork and so that was it wasn't even a lease breaking it was an early termination without without penalty um because obviously I didn't want that on my shit um so she's like we're gonna leave tomorrow and I'm like that's fucking wild that you think that we'll be able to both of us move that you know the sleep number bed and like we had a couch in there and I was like what am I gonna do with this I'm not like we're gonna have to throw it away there was a lot of stuff that was left over that I was like I don't need anymore and I also had a full garage full of stuff that didn't sell from the estate sale and so in the morning when we woke up we 
we separated our stuff. This pile is what we're taking with us on the road trip. This pile is going to storage. We took it all to storage and we got that done. And then there was just stuff left over. And what I did was I, I just called like, um, I think it was like Catholic Charities. And I was like, hey, like had to leave town really quick. And there's a whole garage. Here's the code. And there's a whole like. They just take, come get it. Yeah. And they just came and got it. Um, because I, I also didn't want to have like the fee of, from the. And you're the, now under pressure because you're like, shit, he wants to leave. How do I get this done quickly? Yeah. And so I was just like, okay, just give it away then. It's like, what it, Did he ever, because you had mentioned that you made like 10 grand from the estate sale. Did he ever say like, where's the money or. Did you put it in your joint account? Like, did he ever try he to did. access that money? He did. He actually um, was like, how much money did you make from selling all the stuff? And I was like, it's like 10, 11 grand. And he was like, oh, well, you, you sold my couch and you sold my artwork. Like, where's my where's my money? And it was like, not even kidding. Like, the stuff that I sold with his. <laughs> As you fucking cashed in your 401k for this bitch. Yeah, like, the stuff that I sold of his, um, it was probably like $300. And I was just like. Yeah, because he probably got a fucking third hand off. I'm offer like, get fucked, scrub. you know? Like, I'm not, you're not. I'm not giving you three hundred dollars. Like you're you probably didn't even pay for it. It's probably from one of those taxes. Yeah, or sugar daddies. Like you know. Yeah. Who knows? Um, so we pack up the cars. I and, and it's okay. So I say cars, right? So we're going on a road trip, and you would think, oh yeah, it's cute. You guys can sing in the car, and you have the dogs. No. So he wanted to have his car with him because if we were going to be someplace for a month or two months, like how is he going to be able to navigate? Well, in reality, it's like how am I going to be able to escape? Probably. Um, but we were driving two cars. So he had his full of like stuff, our stuff. I had my Jeep and I had the dogs in the back and I think I had a thing on the top with like our clothes. And so we just started on the road trip. And so we, the destination was to come back here to Huntley, the first destination. And the reason being for that was because we had a music festival to go to Lost Lands that was in Columbus that was going to be coming up within like two or three weeks. Was that the... That was the honeymoon gift from yeah, that your was the ice honey- skater friend? Yeah, so that was the honeymoon gift, and I was very excited, and he said he was excited about that. So we decided to come here, spend some time like with my mom and all of that stuff, because she was also really concerned about what was going on. She's like, this is very spontaneous, and like, we should talk. And you're a planner, so she's probably like, what yeah. the fuck is going on? Um, and so we head, we get on the road to Huntley, Illinois. So our first stop was actually in Oklahoma. I want to say that it was like Tulsa. Um, I remember we went and grabbed like Olive Garden to go and then we checked into a La Quinta because we could have the dogs there. And so we have the two dogs and I think we were watching like sports or something. Um, and we just ended up going to bed and then we got back on the road. And so like, think about like, let me just like paint the picture. He's in front of me. I'm behind him. We're driving. I'm listening to like a lot of like audiobooks, like podcasts. Um, he would send me like YouTube videos or something like watch this. So we were like communicating constantly. Um, but there, there's always these times where I, I just like would feel like a weird twinge in my stomach where if I hadn't like talked to him in like an hour and we'd been driving, and, like we didn't have to stop in the next, you know, Did however long. Did you think long. that maybe he was talking to that girl or? I, I thought that like, I don't really know what I thought. Yes, I thought he was talking and that he would be on the phone because sometimes I would like drive and like pass him and I could see that he was talking and I was like, who the fuck is he talking to, you know? So um, as we're on our way from Oklahoma, um, I was really trying to like 
start conversation with him like over text and be like hey how are you feeling about things like really doing these like check-in moments and he was being a little bit distant and I'm like dude like please don't fucking start because we're literally on the road whatever and so me being paranoid but actually justified um looked at the AT&T records or Verizon whoever we had at the time and I saw that he was having like 90 120 minute calls with um that girl so the girl that he told me he was going to stop talking to for the sure Florida girl? not the Florida girl the Arizona girl so the Arizona girl that I heard him over the dog camera talking to oh my bad I thought that was the Florida girl no 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 the Florida girl never actually talked to him again because she's smart and beautiful <laughs> and responsible um and so I saw that and then there was actually some other numbers too that I wasn't I didn't know who they were and because now that you guys kind of understand like my headspace in these moments we are on literally on the road towards what seems like a good path we're gonna we're gonna do something we're doing something together we've agreed on it so I just didn't bring it up I like did what I do best and I just stored it in my brain or in my notes and I was like okay like I'll if I need that later um so we actually also at this time had started kind of like brainstorming. We're like listening to like Jordan Peterson and like just like really inspiring like philosophical talks. So we're, we're trying to figure out I, I'm on leave from work and I'm still getting paid. But how could we do a business? Like what is a business that we could do? And so I came up with this idea that because of how successful my marketing efforts and process and really like making what he did legit worked for him and actually surprising myself in that I didn't really know that space at all and I was able to to help him grow exponentially I was like why couldn't I do that for other people especially like women like there's so many women and so when we would stop at overnight wherever we would stop like definitely in Oklahoma I know I researched I was looking for like um, only fans like Facebook groups or going on Reddit and looking and just seeing people who are like promoting their stuff and kind of looking at their page and being like, well, this could use a little bit of work. And I was like, that's what I'm going to do. And I, and I was like, what do you think about that? What do you think about that dick? Like, what if I do like adult content consulting? He's like, I think that's a great idea. Well, how are we going to, how are we going to price that out? And, and because I didn't really have anybody as like a use case to kind of say or, or like a case study of like, yes, look, I did it. Besides him, we were going to go off of like um, a percentage basis. So kind of just like kept that in my head. And, and that was exciting to talk about because it is always exciting to talk about like new business endeavors and stuff. And I also wanted to, again, pr- like prove myself to him that like, yes, I wasn't working. Did but- you ever like think like, what the fuck are you bringing to the table? Like, what, what are you bringing to the fucking table, dick? Like, besides your dick. Seriously, where's your brain at? All you do is, like, make me feel like shit and make me constantly feel like I have to prove myself and never know where we stand. I'm constantly on this hamster wheel. And, like, I'm the fucking brains of this endeavor. And, like, going back to the Well, moment, I, knew, I actually knew that. I knew the whole time that I was smarter than him. Yeah, but how fucking frustrating it must be to look at somebody who's beneath you and you have to, like, Love them dumb through it, but down. yeah, dumb yourself down and make them comfortable, and then they still treat you like you're beneath them, and you want to just strangle them and be like, "Do you know how fucking stupid you are? Just your face, your voice, everything's stupid. You bring nothing to the goddamn table. The yes. table is at the fucking children's table, and I'm bringing you to the adult table. You piece of shit, know your place, sit the fuck down. I hate this guy. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, I, 
He's I, so dumb and so cocky, and I just hate that he actually... He, it's not even an act. He truly, to his core, believes that he's better than everyone. And there's nothing upstairs. Yeah, it's fucking... It's very empty. I don't necessarily know if I felt, like, any kind of way about, like, being the brains of the operation. Uh, all I will say is that he had ideas. He has lots of ideas. He has... But his ideas are, like, ideas of grandeur. And so they're, like, things like unattainable like the most unattainable i'm gonna 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 own own the dodgers and i'm like bruh (laughs) um yeah i don't i don't know like numbers like this but i would say probably you would have had to start being successful and smart and not a fucking complete asshole like in your early 20s to like maybe even but probably not even like that's so unattainable also things like i want to have a yacht and i want to have a fucking like bugatti but he's so like, conceited he probably thinks if i whip my dick out a few times i might get that client that'll let me well he thinks that he's gonna find the whale you know he's gonna find the whale client that's gonna be like i'll give you whatever the whale, you want like what fucking free willy what are you talking about no like <laughs> like the term the whale means like the like the guy with the money like it's the big oh, one yeah like, like the, the yeah like the piggy bank guy yeah i, I think know. that's what he always really felt like he would would run into but again how how weird is that for somebody to think that have all of these crazy goals that are also extremely materialistic like everything was a thing right i'm gonna have the daughters or i'm gonna have this i'm gonna have that um and also be literally like it's not controllable for him he has no control over whether or not somebody else is going to be stupid enough to give him money because of how he looks like that he, he really thought that he was probably the hottest person in the world and then the second he opens his mouth it's like yeah it's i'm uh, sorry i know that like i i don't want to sit here and just bash him because you're at a place in your life where you feel nothing for him but it's it's like one of those things where like if i'm talking shit about my family or i get in a fight with my sister or something like that and then someone says something about her i'm like yo fuck you like yeah but see that's your that's your family though he's not my family. no i know i'm saying but like there had been times where you'd be sitting here venting maybe and i just start ripping on him and you're then and you with all respect you should have been fucking pissed but it it people don't understand when they're sitting here like and i'm sure you've gotten messages like that too like fuck that guy he's a pussy oh he's gay blah blah and it's like that's not helping because now you're just making me want to defend him and i don't need to be in that headspace yeah, I I don't feel I don't it doesn't make me mad when people say stuff like that anymore. Well, now. But there, I think that probably like 2 weeks ago I crossed this threshold where I was like, wow, fuck him. I really don't I really don't fucking care. Like dick who, you know? Like and it's weird because I didn't ever see myself getting to the point. I really thought my whole life that I would I would somewhere inside of me think that he was redeemable or or something and that scared me a little bit but this process has been really helpful in like getting me past the point where like when people talk about him like I validate what they say because the majority of the time they're right like again the one thing that I will not ever agree with that people say is that he's gay and and, and I used to ask you yeah and like I like and I I, I have my opinions seriously. on 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 sexuality, uh, his sexuality, but again, I will only speak the truth in this podcast. So, but I you won't. also have a lot more experience with the adult content world than most people. So, a yeah. lot of people can have their opinions and not understand it. Like me, for instance, I'm the first person to be like, "Are you fucking kidding me?" Like he's gay, and yeah. that's fine. You're gay, but like, don't marry someone if you're gay. Don't make them change their fucking convert religions. Like, if anybody knows you, like they know like how much you pride yourself on being that Italian Catholic, like. You did all these things for him, and I he just he just kept chipping away at you, and people don't 
they don't get it. They're just like probably shaking. Like they want to shake you. Grab your throat. Yeah. Like, what the fuck were you No, thinking? a lot of people have literally told me they're like, I just want to fuck. Like also people are like, I wish I could go back in time and like take you out of that. Which You wouldn't have been ready. You wouldn't have listened to that. Probably not. I probably wouldn't. That I mean, that's also what all of the other girls say too. They would. They are like, you know, when it was me, not you. And honestly, Amanda, yeah, people probably feel bad like when they're reaching out to you and saying, I should have warned you. It wouldn't have done anything. Yeah. Because in that moment, you were so used to defending there was one, him. There was one goal. And the goal was to make him happy. That's it. Because when happy, he's happy, happy you guys dick, could be finally happy. Happy dick is a dick that I, I'm in his life and we have future plans. And unhappy dick is, is so unsure and all of this stuff. And also, that's a really you good point. You just saw somebody like, who was, I guess, lost and you wanted to be his backbone and you know be his strength that's part of being like a wife well, and yeah like I thought husband. that I literally thought that that's what I was supposed to do I thought that maybe my past marriage had failed because I wasn't in this headspace of like hey I need to pick up the slack when my person can't and so I was subscribed to this notion that's that, just common baseline though you were begging for bare minimum and he wasn't even reaching right back. and then once he did start to give you a little bit of a bare minimum then you're like oh I'll take it I'll take anything I love this I love this yeah. and then probably unbeknownst to you but to him he's probably like and he the entire time like we keep calling him stupid and stuff like that and he is when it comes to like business and shit like that and just common fucking sense but when it comes to a relationship he knew how to master manipulate you he's done it to countless other women he's doing it right now to his current girlfriend I guarantee it I put my life on it but he he knows what he's doing like this is this is a job to him. He mm-hmm. is a con man. He is a fraud. And I hope anyone who's listening, whoever encounters him, does not fall for his bullshit. And if any of you sugar daddies are listening, he's fucking playing you. But you're a dumbass and you keep falling for it. Yeah. But keep giving him money because he owes Amanda. I will <laughs> I will say too, before we hop back into the story, uh, I spoke with his dad uh, one time and this is one of the most profound things that I had ever heard about him. Um he said when he was really younger that he asked him after experiencing Dick kind of do this kind of thing to girlfriends, not on a very serious oh, level, his dad did? but yeah, like his dad had had seen him go through women very fast, and I think that his dad had said something to him along the lines of like Dick, like why do you like why do you do this to women? And his response was because it's so easy. Wow. Yeah. And so, I mean, his... His dad told you that? Yeah. And I'll get into that conversation as we get more into, like, present day. But that was a really profound Did moment you tell for him? me. Did I tell him that his dad said that? Yeah, because he lives and breathes and t- trying to make his dad happy. But I think he's maybe, from what I understand, maybe trying to follow in his footsteps. He, th- From what he had told me, he thinks his dad's, like, the greatest man that ever walked on earth. Yeah, that's what he tells everybody. Um, I I did tell him, but we will get to that when we get into like I think that was really in I think that was in June of this year. So we're still right now in like September. Um, okay, which, so you had brought up the um, adult content. Yeah, managing. the business and and. I also felt like I was like proving, I always had to feel like I was proving myself to him. Like I have to earn my seat at the table when I was literally, like I was the table, you know? Um, and so this business idea that I had thought up in my head, which I, I truthfully, it still could be a very good business idea. Um, 
he was like on board with it and he even went as far as to say like I will help with like if there's male clients and you don't want to do that or we can share the the workload and so like okay this is a project that we can do together that maybe could help us grow closer and we could see each other's strengths and that's how I kind of looked at everything like that so um Let's see. We actually got to. We went a weird way. I've never gone this way before to drive home to Illinois, and we were we were, went through Kansas, and I was like, you know, me with like Wizard of Oz and like Dorothy. Like I was, I it was awesome. But we got there. Did you buy fucking sparkly red heels? No, but they had them all over the gas stations. It was so. Oh, I would have been clicking so that shit all funny. around Kansas. <laughs> <laughs> um, but so when we stopped there, we were just really like ready because like Oklahoma to Kansas, and it's just like all planes. I was ready to just fucking like sleep, and this place in Kansas whatever city that we were in um it like there was no hotels and I was like what the fuck and so it was always my job when we were stopping to figure out the hotel why didn't you guys just whip out that tent that you went in happy jack that's literally what we did oh yeah so like we I had the tent in on the top of like my jeep or whatever and it was the middle of the night and I like turned the brights on of the jeep and i like fucking pitched the tent blew up the air mattress put the sheets you did that i did all of it yeah what the fuck did he do he's always like doing Eat something more chips. he had to go to yeah <laughs> he had to go to the bathroom right and it was gone for 15 minutes or um he was looking for something was in, he jerking in, it in a porta potty for 10 bucks like i don't understand why he was gone for so long i don't but that's the thing is like he would it's like when why did you let him i would have put a leash around his fucking neck since he wants to be such a submissive i was tired and pulled his ass back and been like at least feed the goddamn dogs yeah i was tired i think he took the dogs for like to go pee or something probably i don't i don't Is even my know skin red? i'm getting hot i hate this guy so much i want to really <laughs> strangle him no you're not so i you know it's like why why a tent well i we probably could have driven a little bit further uh and found a hotel but truthfully i was like hey 15 dollars to stay in this koa campground like i'm cool with sleeping in a tent like you're the, hoping I, there's no I service love it. yeah <laughs> like cool like this is fun um so we woke up in the morning I, it, I slept so good because we had like the slings off the top of it, like stars. It was cool. There was a breeze. I woke up in the morning and because it was so dark at nighttime, I didn't even realize that the campsite that we had gotten was like right next to the train tracks. And I woke up to like literally this like freight train, like right. The dogs that were freaking the fuck out. I have a video of out it. Of me, dude. Yeah. Was he microdosing at this point too? Because you could imagine. I don't think so. I think that we had like ran out of those. But I don't, I mean, he was definitely uh, injecting himself with, with drugs, mm. steroids. Um, yeah, I, I just, it was cheap. I was in this mentality of like, we're saving money because whenever we find a place that we like, we're going to have to have a deposit for a house. So any kind of money, pennies, whatever it is to save. Or tokens. <laughs> yeah, or tokens, chatter rate tokens. Um, we're going to save those. So um, we finally get to Huntley at my mom's house and together he actually helped because my mom at this point too she like talks directly to him like it's no more beating around the bush with him it's like if he's not helping she's like hello no come over here and unpack your stuff your mom's pretty assertive yeah she wasn't initially like very assertive with him but now she's pissed off with him all the time and and so it's like okay so you had been telling him telling your mom the truth by this point or to a certain parts of the truth yeah for sure parts of the truth so we unload our stuff and we're going to be staying in Huntley for like a week or two. Um, and so we bring, I mean, this room right here. So we brought our clothes up here. We brought his computer up here so that he can continue to work. Because it's like, that's his job, you know, and it's the only thing that he does to make money. And so we set his computer up like right here, that the desk that used to be right here. 
you know, lighting. Okay, this is my childhood bedroom. Like, the fact that he was camming in here is, is honestly so crazy to me. But for me, my job now... Even Did your though, mom know he was upstairs camming? Yeah, so when... I could see your mom downstairs with, like, a fucking, like, just her ear to the wall. Like, <laughs> she's got a, She's got a cup against the wall. Yeah. No, um... When I had, when he had quit his job and, and we decided that he was going to do that like full time again, um, I had told my mom that that is what was going to happen. And she, she didn't, I don't necessarily feel like she felt one which way, but, and I mean, the next episode, you know, we'll hear from her about how she felt about that. But, you know, I felt like I could freely talk about whatever we were doing, um, with her and she would also ask a lot of questions like there was a lot of times where he would have to come up here and say like have a you know three-hour call with the sugar daddy jamie right and be in a suit and and we're at my mom's house and so it's like well why why is dick in a suit and so then i would like explain to her and she's is so jamie's the one that had the suit yeah jamie's the one that always wanted to be like it was kind of like companionship and, and but also like poppers and fucking whiskey and whatever yeah, so she would ask some questions, uh, and I would, I would, it was just very transparent with her for the most part about what he was doing, what our business uh, looked like, and also now I am here at my mom's house, like trying to formulate this new consulting plan that I have, and getting contracts put together, getting like pricing models and all of that kind of stuff, doing marketing, and I enjoyed that piece of setting up a business, so I felt happy. And he was working. I feel like money was coming in. We were playing tennis down the street at Sunset Park. Like, it, it seemed good. And it was fall time. So, like, fall time here is, like, for me, really, really good. And it makes me happy. Yeah, because some in the desert, you don't get that kind of foliage. Yeah, I was like, wow, this is awesome. So, um, now it is time to go to Lost Lands. And so, Columbus from here, I think, is, like, a six-hour drive. And so, I got our bags together we had bought also like cute outfits it's a dinosaur dubstep festival and i was it's like, like jurassic park jurassic park big giant giant life-size like dinosaurs and i'm so stoked elenium's gonna be there it's excisions festival sullivan king all of it and so i packed our bags because whenever we went anywhere i always packed our bags and did you do that because you were afraid like maybe he would have something and they're like maybe his laptop and he was gonna run no, I just he, he has in the past I just didn't want him to him. fucking complain about having to complain about anything. So I just took over the responsibility of doing it because God, it, he's such a little baby bitch. Yeah. So I packed our bags and I don't really I don't remember exactly how this happened, but he was oh, you know what it was? He goes, Okay, um, grab the stuff. I'm gonna go to the gas station, fill the car up with gas get us some ghost energy drinks. We always drink those fucking things. And um, when I get back, we just bring it out and throw it in the trunk. Okay. So he leaves. I pack the bag. I bring the bag downstairs. My mom's downstairs and she's like, "Um, where's Dick? And I'm like, Oh my God. What do you you mean? And I'm like, he went to the gas station. She'll be right back. And she's like, Oh, okay. All right. So then it's like five minutes. And I'm talking about the mobile, like right over there. Yeah. It's like two seconds away. And I'm like, okay, where is he? And so then I had to pull up the fucking Find My Friends app, the anxiety app. And like, I can't see him. And then I call him and he doesn't answer. And I call him and he doesn't answer. And mind you, this was probably like 
Thursday. And the festival had a Thursday night thing and a Friday and Saturday, Sunday. And our friends, like the Italian ice skater, was going to meet us there on Saturday. So we had one whole day where we were going to be alone and a night. So I'm like, "Mm, I'm not, there's no possible way, right? Was your stuff in his car too? We had taken it all out. Actually, we took it out and put it in my mom's garage. But I just had our suitcase. But so here's here's me. This is what his computer is still here. And I'm like, no, for sure he's not leaving. Like that was what was making me not freak out in that moment. Like he left the computer. He's not leaving without it. Well, he didn't come back. And for how long? Like for a while, like probably like 20, 30 minutes. And so I went into full-blown fucking panic mode and like I would have checked the I turned the call. his I turned his phone off like I went on to AT&T and I you probably turned, thought he was having a call or something I thought that he was like running away and so I turned his phone off and on top of that I actually like went into our bank accounts and into his bank account and I like transferred our business bank account like all the money and I like locked the business bank account because like I'm not taking your money but like yeah and it's also a way for you to be like I'm not fucking around. Yeah, like, fucking call me. I don't know. Like, what is even going on? So, he, after I turned the phone off, he came back. Oh, you know what? Actually, fuck this. I forgot about this whole part. He actually went over to Verizon. I don't know how that I knew where he was because the, his look, his location was off. And so, he went to Verizon and he was, like, in the store. And so, I'm here. I fucking I, th- I don't even know what, what clothes I had how the fuck did on. he even find Verizon he's not from here I don't know I don't, I'm from here I don't even know the fuck Verizon is yeah so he was at the Verizon on 47 and I saw that he was there and my mom's like where are you going and I'm like I got in my jeep and I just fucking ripped it down 47 and I like saw his car in the parking lot and I fucking pulled in like all diagonal park right in front of the doors and I walk in and I was like loud as fuck and there's a bunch of people in there I go are you going to fucking abandon me for like what the seventh time or are you going to be a man and like get in the fucking car and come back to the house? Like I was, what did he say? He was like telling the guy that he was talking to like, I'm I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah. Trying to make you look like a crazy bitch. Like I'm a crazy person. Like women aren't crazy. That make us crazy. Like (laughs) it's just, it was insane. So, um, we walk outside and he's crazy. (laughs) He like is standing in front of his car and I'm like, what is wrong with you? Like, like really, really, like I, I I didn't even have words because I'm like there is no way that I'm able to predict this now it's just always happening like he didn't seem sad he didn't seem angry like we're on a trip we're halfway across the fucking country from Las Vegas right now where are you gonna go are you truthfully gonna drive all the way back to Las Vegas like Amanda, I he literally know. gave up his child so he can give up his shit at your house and yeah but again away. in that time I didn't know that yeah oh that's right you know so it's like I I was like you're mentally ill like you have a problem and like he started to like kind of like admit that he was like depressed and like wasn't was feeling a, a certain type of way yeah, or but he like did whatever that before and I would I mean that that to me is like you don't joke around about like mental illness not joke around but like use it as the boy who cried rough and maybe you are but like I don't think you're depressed I just think that you have commitment issues I think you knew that you were conning someone that you thought was going to be an actual lawyer mm-hmm. that was going to be able to financially support you and let you do whatever the fuck you want. And you were too much woman for him because you actually demanded him to be better and he wanted to just get away scot-free and that's why he's going for now lower women who 
don't speak English. Yeah, okay, you said it. Yeah. Don't speak English, so they can't catch on, and I feel bad yeah. for that woman, but whatever. She'll find out, probably. Um, yeah, but the, also, fo- like- the phone lines are always open. Ninita. But so, um, I finally, like, convinced him to, like, come back to the house, and I don't really even think that I convinced him. I think that I was like, you're coming back to the fucking house. Like, you're coming back, and we're going. And so he came back, and I ran inside to get my, our bag, and my mom was in there, and she's like, he, he did it again, didn't he? And I was like, I, I was like, I don't want to talk about it. Like, we're going. Like, it's whatever. So I came up here to get my bag. And my mom was downstairs. And she's like, fuck this. And she, like, went out there, I guess. And I didn't even know this until later. She, like, went out there. And she actually, like, told him to leave and to never come back. Yeah, but it's like, stop being a little bitch. Stop running away like a fucking coward. If you don't want to be married, then you shouldn't have fucking gone through with it. And to run away, like, what part of you can't sit down and look your now wife in the face and say this isn't working I keep cycling back to this mentality that I need to run it's not you it's me no but the thing is is that he did say that it was me no I know but like he literally would just act like everything's okay and then run away like a little baby like it's like this is gross and you expect me not to just like chase after you and be like what's going on like let me help you Mm -hmm. when if you would have just looked me in my fucking face and stuck to it and said I'm sorry like I it's just, I I don't want to be married anymore. I want to continue to be a degenerate fucking gambler and piece of shit con artist. And I want to con the next woman because you're expecting too much of me. Because I have faked it up until now in, in the regards of wanting to own being the Dodgers. In, being in love. Like, being in love. That was the like, thing is that he, there was many times where he would be like, I don't think I want to be married. But I'm sick of these guys being like, oh, well, you wouldn't have taken no for an answer. Oh, I'm sorry. Are your Like, your hands are tied behind your fucking back? Yeah. No, it's just that. You gambled away everything you had, and I was the one always coming up with a plan. I was the one who kept us, our heads, just treading above water. Yeah, like fucking barely. Um, yeah, I mean, but there was a lot of times where he said, like, I don't want to be married. I, I think that I don't want to be married. And then he would text you. But then he would say, but I love you. And so, like, that, that you're is... You're my best friend. No you're my best, my back like You're you. my best friend. And it's, it's, just it's, it's you and me against the world, Amanda, you know, and, and I'm sorry that I'm so fucked up. And, it, and so it, it was also, it was also, like, he, was, disc- for help he was discarding me, like, emotionally, like, perpetually over and over. But then he was also, like, shelving me with the I love you and you're my best friend bullshit. So and here you are, like, well, how do I leave someone in their most vulnerable, darkest Yeah, moments? like, I, I just thought that he was fucking ill. And I was, like, well, all I... All I can do is be understanding and be helpful because I'm, be so I'm the wife. Like, I'm the wife. So, um, I guess my mom had said that and he didn't leave. And um, we got in the car and we started driving to Columbus. And, you know, we par- we're probably having conversation about, like, dude, like, what the fuck? Like, you need to fucking get this right. Like, you need to not run it. Like, all the stuff that you just said, I would say to him in those moments where I was heated. Um, and Did you then, suggest therapy? Like, I don't get this. Yeah, I was all, I was always like, I, I want to go to a counselor. You need to go. To, I was like, you need to go to a counselor. You have a lot of shit. You have a lot of childhood shit. You have a lot of personal well, shit. Well, too, it's not fair. Like, I mean, most counselors, especially with couples counseling, might want to see you two individually anyway. Mm-hmm. And they kind of, like, bring you two together to kind of be the mediator or figure out because a lot of couples, maybe when they go into couples therapy, aren't able to communicate or say what they want to say in front of their partner. So Yeah, but uh, truthfully, and I, and I mean, this was probably not a delusion. The delusional Amanda is like, I knew that I wasn't doing anything wrong. 
Like, yeah, you were. You were in, staying with a fucking piece of no, shit. No, but in terms to him, to make him feel that way, I was not going to couples therapy. Is like you okay, knew that you weren't. What is the your? What is this person doing that's making you not want to stay with them? And I knew that I was doing everything possible, and even more so for him to want to stay with me. But he wasn't. So I really was suggesting you you should go if I did. But so <laughs> this is a funny part. Um, he actually went to the like maybe gamble or something that he needed to check his accounts on his phone in the car while we were driving and when he did he looked in his bank account and there's no money because i had taken it out of there and put it into our account and dude lost it and he grabbed my phone out of my hand and he was like holding it out the window on like the highway on the way to columbus and he's like i'm gonna fu- how could you fucking you're out of your fucking mind taking my money that's an act of war he said and i was like Okay, it was like $25.63. Like, calm the <laughs> fuck down, dude, you know? Uh, and so I was like, put my phone back in the car right now. Like, I'm being very, like, I was being super straight-faced. And so he brought it back in, and he, like, had this moment of, like, probably roid rage where he, like, took my phone, and he chucked it into the back seat, and it ended up, like, on the top of the back window, like, back there. And I thought it was going to honestly, like, break his back window, which would have been funny. But, like, my phone stayed back there then for like hours because I was just like well fuck it whatever so I'll remind him that how crazy he is later when he has to go and get it um but so we got to Lost Lands and uh we didn't go the first night actually um we just stayed at the hotel that we were staying at and we had actually like got like party favors from a friend out here and we were like well maybe we should just like test these out a little bit because like I just want to know what we're getting into, you know, and we got there. It was probably like seven o'clock or something. So we had like the whole night. All right. So these were like described to me as like European pressies. The fuck? European pressed ecstasy pills. And they looked like for the listeners and they looked like thicker than normal, like a double stack kind of, I guess. Yeah. And so I was like, well, that looks really intense. So I'm like, I'm going to take like a quarter and he took a half. And so we're just expecting to like be rolling in our hotel room and, you know, maybe we'll go for a walk or whatever, just kind of testing the waters, dipping our toes in. Bro. Oh, so the first part was he fell asleep. And I wish I could say this is the first time that this happened to me with like anybody, but like he fell asleep and then I'm full blown fucking rolling, like so much rolling that I'm laying down on this bed in, in this hotel room and I can't stop fucking moving. I was switching like a rotisserie chicken. I was like moving my legs and I was like, and I was like, I don't know. I was like, like like my body just felt so uncomfortable in its own skin and, but like good. But like why I was starting to freak out because I couldn't stop moving. I could not lay still. So I would like get up and I'd be like walking around. I'm looking glaring at him like how are you sleeping right now? Because he took double as much as I did. Okay. So on the TV was it was like a Rocky marathon. Okay. I watched two full fucking Rocky movies (laughs) that I had never seen before. Moving my legs around the whole time. Basically like running a mile in my bed. And then like he and then he wakes up. Then he wakes up. And I looked at him and he's like, oh, wow, I didn't realize I was sleeping. I was like, did you feel me moving around for like three hours just now? 
And he's like, yeah, are you good? And I'm like, I'm fucking rolling my balls off. And I just, now I've seen all of the Rockies. Like, <laughs> I, I had, I really truthfully had never seen the ones that I watched. I was like, well, I finally got to watch those Rockies, so that's good. And Sounds like the worst movie to watch just sitting there. Oh, I was just, I also <laughs> like. Were you in a fucking La Quinta? Where were you? I don't even know. I'm not sure what this one was. It might have even been like a, like a. Best Western. Best Western or like a motel or something. I thought it was so well connected. Yeah. Did they use points? Maybe not. Maybe <laughs> not in uh, Columbus. But no, it wasn't a bad hotel. It was just like, it wasn't great. But so he woke up and then I think he was like, I think he had said something like, I felt like I was starting to roll in my sleep. So I woke up and I'm like, well, it's good to know that it takes about three hours for yours to kick in <laughs> because it took about three fucking minutes for mine to kick in. And I'm like, I'm freaking out right now, Dick. I'm like, I'm, I'm freaking out and I don't really know what to do. Should I take a shower? It was not fun for me anymore and it wouldn't go away. And he's like, all right, let's go for a walk. Also terrible idea. So we put on like, we had like, I don't know, Adidas, like matching Adidas tracksuits. So we have a, we're matching. Okay. I just imagine you're like looking like you're part of the fucking squid games in those green tracksuits. We literally had like the the same color, like Adidas tracksuits. And there was like a gas station that was, I I don't know, it was like two blocks away. You could see it from the hotel. And by this time now, it's probably like midnight, 1230. So we're walking. It's cold. I'm shivering because you know how I get sometimes when I'm like <laughs> the rolly feeling, the rolly feeling, your teeth chattering, your jaw just like I'm doing that. I walk into this uh, gas station because I'm like I'm going to get some candy, rehydrate myself. And like every there's like way too many people in there for 1230. And they're like all looking at me and I'm like, I need to get the fuck out of here. Like everything is freaking me out and like setting me off. And we walk back and he's like, let's take the long way. And we're like holding hands. He's like happy-go-lucky. I'm like, you're so weird. Like, it's just like fucking cracking wrists. <laughs> dude, seriously, cracking wrists, cracking the ankles. We get back to the room and it's finally starting to like wear down. And uh, truthfully, like full disclosure, right? When we got back to the room, we had sex for like probably four and a half to five hours. Did he sing? <laughs> he <laughs> I'm no, sorry. He didn't. Did he, did he bust sing. out the karaoke machine? No, there's no singing, but we definitely had sex for like four and a half to five hours. And I just remember like halfway through, I was kind of like this, like, okay, well, that was fun. When's this going to be over? But it was like, you know how it is when you're rolling. And I, I don't, I was like, what else Jesus, are we going to, what else like are we going to do? Dried up prunes. I remember that he actually took a picture. Like I was like laying like on the bed and like my boobs were out and I remember him snapping a picture and he actually posted it to his Instagram I'm an idiot I definitely didn't mean Instagram he posted it to his OnlyFans and Are you kidding me yeah and he he posted on there Talk and about it an said act of fucking war I would kill someone <laughs> oh my god he he what he said was uh just made my girl come like <gasps> 13 times in a row like what you on or something like that and I I remember seeing it the that next is so day. so fucking degrading. And also, how how much are you trying to prove that you're not gay? No I'm just offense, like, but like, seriously. You know, the only thing that I was offended out of that whole thing was that he called me my girl and not my wife. Truthfully. Isn't that crazy? Yes. Yes, ghost of Amanda passed. It is crazy. But hey, at least I finished the Rocky series. Am I right? Oh, honorable mention. Four hours of sex? Yeah. I faked most of those orgasms. And I'm not the least bit sorry about it. Five and I am tapping out. 
I hope y'all enjoyed episode 7, Rocky Road Trip. We tangent off a bit in this one, so I hope you were able to stay on track and keep up with Marissa and I. I hope you now have a better insight as to how those closest to me at this time perceived Dick. There actually couldn't be a better segue into what to expect next. In episode 8, you will meet the woman herself, my mom, and hear all of her takes on every little thing that happened from the moment I met Dick. You'll finish off the road trip with us, and you won't leave where we end up. See you next week, and as always, thank you for listening, sharing, reviewing, and being here with me. I'm Amanda Arnier, and this is The Dichotomy Diaries. It's not over yet, till you taste regret, it's not over.